Hey Gothamites, this is Derek, one of your hosts of Gotham TV Podcast, just introducing you to our coverage of Gotham Rise of the Villains, Episode 3, The Last Laugh. Uh, this was one of our favourite episodes when we saw it back in New York Comic Con. Uh, what we present here is a repost of our original thoughts at the time when we watched it. Uh, we'll be back with brand new episodes from Episode 5, uh, as we've already done the first four episodes last year. Uh, hope you're enjoying the repost to catch up with Gotham, uh, and we'll be back very soon uh, with brand new episodes. In the meantime, if you want to send us feedback you can email us at feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com uh, if you want to follow along with our coverage you can follow us at gothamtvpodcast.com slash itunes uh, which will pick up our itunes feed or you can find us in any other good podcast catcher like beyond pod podcast addicts just search for gotham tv podcast and we should pop up in your feed for you every week as we release a new episode uh, and as i said we will be back with brand new episodes from episode five thanks so much for joining us and on with the show Hey, this is Drew Powell. I play Butch Gilzine on Gotham, and you are listening to Gotham TV Podcast. Welcome back, Gothamites. I'm Derek, one of your hosts, and we're here to talk about Gotham Season 2, Episode 3, The Last Laugh. This is Episode 54 of our podcast. Uh, great to be back. Yeah, hi, I'm John. Um, wow, death number two, big death number two, yeah. like with the death of Jerome. Huge, like following on from Essen, it's like, wow, who's mm-hmm. up next? I don't know, Jim Gordon? Are they going <laughs> to completely go from canon here? Is going to be Harvey? Is it going to be... Who knows? There's a moment um, in this episode yeah. I thought it might have been Bruce being split in half. Yeah, that was pretty good, actually. <laughs> um, I like the tension caused by that. Um, of course, we all love magicians here on Gotham TV <laughs> podcast as well. Um, you know, And there's still no replacement for Captain Essen, or That's Commissioner right. Essen, I should say. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Who is going to replace it? Is it going to be Theo Gallivan? Or it looks like he's certainly setting himself up for the hero role, putting him into the positive spin area. I don't know. Maybe uh, to become someone in public office. Yes. Yes. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. Well, thanks very much for joining us, listeners. Really good to have you back. Um, if you want to make sure that you hear all of our podcasts, make sure you subscribe to the podcast over on iTunes at gothamtvpodcast.com slash iTunes. Um, you can also subscribe in any good podcast catcher like Beyond Pod, Podcast Addicts, or any other place where you regularly listen to your podcasts. Uh, make sure you send in your feedback to feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com uh, and we'll read any feedback that we receive out on the show. Uh, with that, I think it's time to get on to the actual episode discussion this week which, as I said, is episode three of season two, The Last Laugh. This episode was directed by Eagle Eggleson. Uh, We know him as director for Gotham. Uh, Previously, he did uh, What the Little Bird Told Me in season one, one of our favorite episodes. Absolutely great episode. Yeah, really, really good. And he also did Birds of Prey in season one, an episode written by John Stevens, who wrote this episode. Uh, John Stevens wrote Balloon Man before, wrote some other episodes, and we also got to meet him at New York Comic Con. Uh, So if you want to hear his thoughts about what's happening and coming up in season two, and you haven't heard that podcast, that's episode 52 of Gotham TV Podcast, where John got to ask him a few questions about uh, about the upcoming season two. So, John, do you want to start us out, as usual, with the synopsis for this episode? With the GCPD still recovering from the massacre inflicted by the ma- maniacs and the shocking murder of Commissioner Essen, Gordon and Bullock start the manhunt for Jerome. 
Elsewhere, as Barbara has a romantic encounter with Tabitha, Theo Gallivan puts into place the next stage of his plan for his family's revenge on those who stole the credit for the foundation and creation of Gotham. The plan centres around the Gotham Children's Hospital charity event, attended by Theo, but also by Alfred, Bruce and Leslie Tompkins. At the gala, Jerome and Barbara, disguised as a magician and his lovely assistant, take the charity attendants hostage and murder the deputy Mayor Kane. Theo attempts to act like a hero and stop Jerome, but as Jerome goes off plan in an attempt to kill Bruce Wayne, Theo rids himself of the unpredictable Jerome as he stabs him in the neck and kills him. However, as Theo is hailed the hero and saviour of Gotham, Jerome's legacy appears to have taken root in the crazy underbelly of Gotham. As you said, John, huge moment. The death of Jerome already this this early in the season. That's quite big, really. Yeah, huge. I mean, he's obviously a fan favourite. There's obviously all that um, association with the Joker, you know, the red hair, but sometimes with tinges of green in it, the the laugh, the smile, mm-hmm. the, the, the general crazy unpredictableness, which ultimately gets him killed by the more calculating Galavan in this episode. And all of that all smacks of... The Joker that we know from certainly Batman sixty six, you know, from um, the the Batman movies by Tim Burton and so on, and even with the Nolan films, it's yeah. all um, really strong hints of the Joker, and he's dead, yeah. um, absolutely dead as a dodo. Definitely, definitely, what a great, uh, a great moment and a great, uh, great. Uh, bit for the episode overall the episode I did like it a lot yeah um, really good episode yeah. really strong um again i suppose that there is that debate there will be people who want to have seen jerome and and his maniacs for much longer Definitely. i mean they were only created last episode again it might be too soon or given how big um and up front and center he was maybe it is the right time to um have killed off jerome so that he doesn't overpower this season yeah yeah absolutely i think i saw the uh, the bring back jerome hashtag uh, in the middle of the night uh, over here um just after the episode had aired so people uh Quite surprised at his death and, uh, and looking to have him back, which will happen with, with quite a major character. Um, if this is your first time joining us, uh, the way we cover our episodes, again, is we go through our five points about the episode, John's five points, my five points. And with that, we should hopefully cover all of the episode and all the big points that stood out to us. So then, Derek, what's your first case point? My first case point is the return of Harvey. Uh, we saw him at the end of last episode, saw him just arriving back in with his brand new hat. But this episode obviously opens up with Harvey and his big influence on Jim Gordon again um you know this is absolutely a Harvey trait to go out and find the uh, the um the lower level criminals in the city and beat them into submission throw them out windows if they don't tell them the the right answer it's something we saw in the first episode with Harvey and Jim uh, right back at the start of season 1 and now at the uh, the reintroduction of Harvey Bullock's character we're seeing it again we see him go in and uh, and basically give Jim the ability to go and beat up criminals to get uh, information out of them, which is quite interesting. Uh, what we also saw was the return of the Bullockisms this episode, which is great. The one thing we really missed for the last two episodes that we didn't get a huge amount of Bullockisms, but having them back, obviously you're going to get things like, uh, not to interrupt your weirdly timed makeout session, but there's some big <laughs> stuff going on. Um, 
the uh, in reference to the opening scene, the I'll throw mooks out the window all day if you want me to, but we need to go to the go to the Oswald sometime. Uh, brilliant, brilliant moments from uh, from Harvey. And again, he goes. He's the one that goes straight to Oswald at the end of the episode. We get the return of Oswald Cobblepot, and um, but we have Harvey really leading the charge here and going to Oswald really confidently as well. He still tells Oswald that he sees him as the umbrella holder for uh, for Fish Mooney. While he's talking to Oswald the whole time, uh, he has these four guns pointed at him and doesn't shake him at all. He basically tells Oswald in front of the, the guys with guns that... Uh, that he'd take him out the back and beat him over the head with a with a, a garbage can. Essentially, that's what he wants to do to him, um, and he will get revenge for fish one day, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, I, I love that final scene where he visits Oswald for for three reasons. One, it's reasserting his protective aspect of Jim Gordon, mm-hmm. that he's his partner. You know, he's been away from the force for for a while. Um, he's now back and he's got his partner's back. He, he is committed to his partner, um, you know, and he doesn't have that, that mobster threat over him anymore. So he is well and truly behind uh, Jim. And I love that, you know, in, in his speech, he says, if you come after Jim, you've got to come after me. You know, he's putting himself... In front, he's the bodyguard of Jim Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that. Secondly, he is also most definitely back on the juice. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a nice swig of uh, Oswald's red wine gives him the Dutch courage to remain calm, not under fire, but under the the four barrels that are pointed at him by by um, Oswald's henchmen. Mm-hmm. And then I think finally, um, you know, his second part of of that talk to Oswald where he says and I still owe you for fish he um, and probably to the surprise of Oswald Fish's legacy is still there there's someone still rooting for her and still um, is saddened by her loss in um, Harvey and he's making it quite clear that Oswald needs to watch out because there are allies of Fish who know what he did uh, and they will get their revenge if the opportunity arises. So I really love that end scene. And yeah, having the bullockisms uh, back there, I mean, I love the fact he's sleeping out in the morgue mm-hmm. um, after the, the gassing event that occurred at is it Cicero's um, apartment, Jerome's father's apartment. Yeah. So really good um, little return um, of Harvey back on duty with the GCPD. Really cool. Yeah, I just yeah. thought as, as my first point, I had to say it, he's he's one of the biggest characters from season one. We were all kind of concerned at the beginning of the season that he's got a new job, he's got a bar now, he's got a girlfriend now, that things would change for Harvey. But no, he seems to be pretty much back where he was before. Uh, one other thing about that final scene, again, the return of Oswald. We're obviously going to talk quite a bit about Jerome during this episode, but I like the reaction of Oswald to this guy as essentially... He's uncontrollable. He doesn't want to take over the city or own the city. He just wants to create chaos. Not my kind of guy, but maybe I do need to create a new laugh, essentially, is is Oswald's reaction to him, which I thought was really good. Um, All right, John, what's your first point? It's the big thing. Jerome is dead. Long live the Joker. Mm -hmm. He is not the Joker, and he is now dead. Huge amounts of traits uh, of the Joker Mm -hmm. that we associate with the Joker. And I think... We talked about it briefly um, based on some of the feedback from last week. But here we have traits of the Joker, um, but ultimately the person is not the Joker. Um, And I think it's confident and the line is drawn in the sand 
that Barbara is not Harley Quinn, despite the malice in this episode, despite <laughs> everything there. You know, there are these people that are being introduced into the world, whether as um, a sleight of hand, pardon the magician uh, phrase here, to, to make us think that they are in, being introduced into the world of Gotham, mm-hmm. but they aren't just yet. I'm glad it's not the Joker. I still prefer the Red Hood way of making sure that it's a gang and ultimately someone crazy enough. But having said that, I think they have to be really, really careful. And we said this last episode as well. And I, 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 the reason I bring it up again is because for some fans, for some people watching, you are really saying that the Joker is not original and that he is a copycat. He is a copycat of Jerome um, because Jerome has the white face, uh, because of the the lighting on the stage and all that, and maybe a bit of makeup there because he was um, pretending to be the magician. But he had the red lips, he had the smile going on, and that is absolutely great. I absolutely loved it. The, The one concern and worry for me is that they make it too obvious and for me the thing that was way too on the nose was the end i love the idea that the joker is an idea that's why i love the idea of the red hood so much but to have that sort of those three montages of people laughing in the same way Mm. too obvious two on the nose i would have preferred it if they had just cut to the gotham uh, end titles coming forward with cicero kind of repeating his, his warning to jerome when he was in um there to kill him in, in his apartment where he says your legacy will be death and madness that to me would have had a much more power powerful effect dare i say it would not have cheapened what had happened then having kids laughing at the TV in a joke away, um, other people just laughing, and like just too much on the nose, it, like just that bit too far with stating the obvious that had already been stated in a much better way and could have been done in a more classy way, yeah. um, you know. Yeah, that's totally. just my opinion, ultimately. Yeah, I yeah, totally agree that the two guys walking down the street starting to laugh when they see the, the coverage on the TV and then murdering the homeless guy and then killing each other. Yeah, it felt like more, it felt almost more like there was a virus uh, that had been released and they they had gotten uh, the Joker sickness, um, essentially, which I think that could have worked maybe in another episode or two or something like that. But yeah, I t- totally agree. It's, it's way too on the nose, even for this show, um, a little too far. Definitely. But I love Jerome. I will definitely miss uh, Cameron Monaghan's portrayal of Jerome. Really good. I love the association. I love the misdirect that he could be the Joker. I love the idea that, again, it is a legacy. There is this idea of someone who is above and beyond uh, the law. It's like, say, Dick Turpin in in the UK, the highwayman from the 16th century. It's like um, the idea of, even to an extent, on a good in a good way, Robin Hood. You know, this idea of someone um, with a, a myth about them that endures. Um, Ned Kelly. You know, the, these these criminals that, to an extent, have uh, an aura about them that means that some people do look on them as being um, maybe a role model to some Mm. extent. I love this kind of idea. It's one of the great things um, I think that you can pull from the Joker as well when he's established. Um, I thought Cameron Monaghan did it really well as as an actor. 
making Jerome this idea of the Joker. Yeah. And I think um, I like that. And I hope it kind of connects back into the Red Hood gang. Because we still have the idea that that mask was picked up um, and held by someone at the end of the the Red Hood episode. Mm -hmm. And that coupled with Jerome, really good, I think. Um, And I think Cameron Monaghan, fantastic. Like um, Sabrina Guevara, he will be missed, absolutely. But again, it was a real shocking um, death. I, I wasn't expecting it to happen at all. But I love the fact that it came from Theo Gallivan. That was a cool, cool moment. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, love Cameraman on the show. Thought he was really, really good. Um, for me, probably a bit too central for the first three episodes. And I think it kind of left the writers with no choice but to do something as significant as this and kill him off and send him away. Um he really was eating up the scenery around him every time he was on screen. Um, so if you're going to say he's not the Joker, which they kind of have to say, you can't have him be the Joker this early on without Batman being around, you then have to kill him because there's nothing else you can do with the character. that They hadn't left themselves any options other than to have him have this big master plan here, um, which I really liked actually and had shades of... Um, the Gotham Central story. Do you remember the one we read a uh, number of months ago before the start of Gotham? I think we, we actually covered it on, on our podcast. Um, but essentially where he's uh, doing a big plan on live TV to scare the citizens of Gotham, which is essentially what Joan, Jerome is doing in this episode. Uh, I really enjoyed that. But I'll be a bit controversial and say I think it's the right time to, to knock him off and get rid of him from the show because you can't do much more with the character. You may have been able to hold him in, Ar- in Arkham again, but you've already shown that you can break him out pretty quickly. So um, so they've already done that. So they wouldn't have been able to put him back in Arkham again this quickly. And again, the references to the Joker are becoming so obvious now. Mm-hmm. Um, so upfront. As I say, the real pale white face, yeah. the red lips, uh, the smile, the laugh, that... Um, you know, you have to tread that path really carefully with these characters mm-hmm. um, that are, are are being done uh, by proxy, if you will, because otherwise you actually undermine those characters, the Joker, Harley Quinn. Absolutely. You'll undermine them if it goes too far. And I think you're right. It was maybe getting too on the nose of uh, Jerome acting and looking like... Um, the Joker. Yeah, and then they went too far at the end of the episode, as, as you say. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, Derek, what's your next point? Uh, my next point is just kind of a little bit of a callback to last week's podcast, where we spoke about unfor- the, the sad and unfortunate death of Commissioner Sarah Essen. Um, I really loved that there was an uh, there was an element of that kept on for this episode. I was really hoping that it wouldn't be one of these kind of deaths that just disappears and there was no, no kind of play into the next couple of episodes. Um, this is quite big for Jim. This is what gives him the push to go out. And as I say, as I said earlier on, to go out and start beating up criminals to try and get some kind of insight. This is something that Jim wouldn't generally have done last season. He would have just left it to, Har- to Harvey. Uh, this season, he is very much in the thick of it, trying to find out who killed his friend, essentially, the one person that supported him. And all the way throughout the episode, he keeps mentioning the fact that um, it it is Jerome is the one that killed her, that he won't rest without uh, bringing her to justice, and that the rest of the police in the GCPD can't forget that they lost lost nine of their fellow officers plus Sarah S. And he doesn't let anybody forget that, which I think is really good, that there is a bit of a play on, a little bit of continuation of that story. 
And again, her death isn't in vain. I think that's really important um, to see. And I'm hoping that that, again, does continue on. As you, as you mentioned earlier on, John, they still don't have a commissioner in the city. They don't have a captain because nobody took over from Essen uh, in the GCPD. So uh, obviously Captain Barnes is, I believe, coming in the next episode. So, um, so hopefully we'll see at least some replacement there and some kind of support for Jim uh, going forward. Yeah, I really enjoyed his big speech to uh, the GCPD I thought like a really like significant and appropriate uh, and it also you know it's a real call to arms for all the members of the GCPD Absolutely. and also like the fact that Alvarez um, Detective Alvarez had survived this massacre as That's well right, yeah. um, we're still to see whether uh, Officer Joe is, is around but we know that Alvarez survived the bloodbath so it'll be interesting now um, but yeah this um, ripple effect of Essen's death is great to see through uh, the episodes, and no doubt, um, you know, from what we saw at New York Comic Con with episode four, it does with the arrival of Captain Barnes. He is quick to also highlight and um, rally the troops through. Uh, the fact that Sarah Essen had been slaughtered by by Jerome, even though now Jerome is gone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Uh, John, what's your second point? There's going to be a magician. (laughs) Um, I loved it. I absolutely loved uh, Leslie Tompkins did it with with Jim, saying there's going to be a magician, you know, come along to the charity event. But in particular... I absolutely loved how Alfred and Bruce played off one another. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the fact that, in a sense, you know, Bruce, you know, um, just did not want to be there—a real sort of mopey teenager wanting to be somewhere else. You know, not doing video games, probably investigating his parents' death. Which, yeah. okay, maybe that's um, <laughs> a bit serious. But I love the fact that Alfred's pulled him out and going, you know. Everyone likes a magician. You can just the interplay between these two characters is, for me, just one of the highlights of the episodes. Um, that when when they're on together, because it's just a really good relationship. Uh, it seems to me uh, as two actors, and, and it really comes across when they play Bruce uh, and Alfred. Just the, the knowing glances. They seem to have a bit of a shorthand going on, which I think is great. And in particular, you know, Bruce has been forced to honour his side of the arrangement that he said to Alfred and um, that, you know, he would start to act and, and behave as a normal teenager to the outside world yeah. whilst doing his thing uh, back at Wayne Manor. And this is part of it. And Alfred seems to be taking a a bit of enjoyment over um, Bruce's uncomfortable um, feelings with with having to do this. He seems to to really be enjoying it. And, of course, it all links in with the, the magician is the big bad then with Jerome, which ultimately... You know, does the the the, the saw or slice in half um, trick w- with Bruce? And again, it's that moment where Alfred is kind of like going, "Is this really happening? Is it not? You know, That's what's crazy. going on here?" Like, it's so great. I, I love their relationship yeah. um, in in this show. 
Yeah, I love that little touch of Alfred, particularly where he's obviously hugely protective of, of Bruce, but sends him up on stage with the with the magician. And then when he realizes it's that trick where he's going to be cut in half, he's kind of gone, uh, OK, this is the millionaire Bruce Wayne that uh, essentially I've sent off out of my control to uh, possibly be chopped in half while on stage. I uh, thought that was really good. And I like the moment at the end of the episode after Alfred pushing Bruce quite a few times about the magician and about, you know, you've got to stand up for society. He says at the end of the show, I'd never really like magicians anyway myself which is uh, a nice little <laughs> gag definitely really really good and the big thing about this episode is the alfred and leslie relationship which kind of comes in during the uh, during that time at the at the gala event uh, really nice nod here to the comic books um alfred and leslie uh, tompkins are in fact romantically involved in the comic books or have been on many 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 occasions um but I really like that they brought this into the show. The, the relationship obviously is not going to go that way. We're going to see Leslie and and, uh, and Jim together for quite a long time, uh, despite what Barbara wants, I think. Um, we're going to see them together for a while. So uh, so we'll never probably see the Alfred and Leslie Tompkins relationship. Uh, in the comic books, Leslie Tompkins is a much older character, um, much more of Alfred's contemporary. But I really like how... Um, Sean Pertry plays this role of, you know, essentially a guy who doesn't get it very much, firstly, um, but now he's seen a beautiful woman and is trying to uh, is trying to, you know, see if he can get her back to Wayne Manor um, for some dinner uh, or get her out to the best restaurant in the city where he has some connections. Uh, I think it's really good. I love the little gag of him uh, telling her that he's. Um, a former marine and telling her that he always has a few little stories up his sleeve you know but it gets it gets got a bit boring you know jumping into the most glamorous places in the world by uh, by parachute essentially <laughs> thought that was really good fun i think he said uh, hot spots not glamorous that's spots that's probably true that's probably true <laughs> you're thinking of bond <laughs> <laughs> that, that's it yeah i think it was more you know he's not going to parachute into a nightclub i suppose i think he's more talking about uh, war zones yeah yeah no i mean I I love this, and actually, this is one of my points as well. I've kind of got it down as you know, kissy kiss, kiss kiss kiss. <laughs> yeah, I thought there was a, a real romantic, um, flirty thread that ran through um, this episode. Yeah, I love it when Alfred realizes that Leslie Tompkins is going out with with Jim Gordon, mm-hmm. uh, and just the banter between then Alfred and Bruce is, is really good. Just. You knew, didn't you? And he's like, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. Yeah. You did. You did know. And, you know, he keeps sort of jokingly nudging him along. And right. it, it really feels like mates. And I thought that was excellent. But um, in addition to Alfred's flirt- flirtatiousness in this episode w- with Leslie, um, you know, you do have Tabitha and Barbara enjoying right. uh, a kiss. You have... Um, then oh, oh there's definitely a, a post night together as well between the two of them. absolutely and yeah. i think there is um i think at the end where um theo gallivan seems to go in and and kiss uh barbara uh, on the back of the neck tabitha is watching from the doorway maybe slight jealousy there as well mm. so the, there's real kind of um you know this this sassy um Love, jealousy, thread moving in um, through through that aspect um, as well, and yeah. I I thought this was was all really really good. Um, the, these different um, romantic or or even dangerously romantic elements going yeah. through um, through this episode, definitely. Now, speaking of which, I definitely thought that scene with uh, with Tabitha, uh, where she's watching on with Theo and, uh, and Barbara. That's that's indicating to me that. 
that uh, she's not to be trusted by either of uh, either Barbara or Theo. I think she may be taking that whip out uh, or those knives out to uh, on her brother or Barbara uh, in future uh, after that scene. But the other relationship that's in the episode is also Selena and Bruce. Um, nice little moment there, wasn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. That was one of the other things as well. Just that you can sense a, 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 a distancing between the two of them, yeah. but um, the fact that Bruce is, you know, I miss you, um, you have Selena so really sad, um, protecting him, pulling him behind the curtain when um, uh, Jerome and Barbara finally revealed themselves and start taking people hostage after killing the deputy mayor. So, like, you can see that there's still a, a really caring relationship there, mm. even though the two of them seem to not want to admit it or they're too proud to, to really go with it. Um, and... It was nice seeing that, but I, I definitely sense a gap opening up. Um, it was nice to have that interaction, though, nonetheless. Really, really liked it. Yeah, there's a great little moment, and I think it's either in the direction or in the acting between the two characters, but a great little moment where uh, just the line that Bruce says to Selena after he tells her what's happened, um, what's happened since she since he broke into the safe, essentially, about finding out about his father, all that kind of stuff. It's all said in one line where he just says, and a lot's happened since then. A little silent moment passes between the two of them there, which is very sad and very somber. Very much, it's almost Bruce saying, the last time we met, I was much more innocent than I am now. And now I've got a mission. Now I've got you know a bit more from my father that I never thought I would hear before. And now there's so much else going on that you don't know about. And we're parting ways as, as characters, which I just thought was quite interesting and really well played just in one, in one line or in one scene. I thought that was really well put together. Absolutely. Um, so, Derek, what's your uh, next case point? Uh, my next case point is about Galavan's plan. Great to get some information about Theo. Definitely. Um, and about his plan, what he's, uh, where he's coming from. So we got a little bit, a lot of information in here, actually, and this really struck me as kind of the Court of Owls uh, concept. It's very much talking about where his family came from, uh, what they're here to do. Uh, so he tells Barbara early on in the episode that his family were rulers of the city of Gotham, were some of the pillars of the community. Uh, many years ago, they were kicked out of the city. Uh, all their names were taken off the buildings and streets they were named after. So that's really interesting. I'm wondering whether we're going to get getting that explored in future episodes. Yeah, it's um, a real forefather thing of betrayal as well. Um, yeah. Like, I love that he just seems so bitter about it as well. Yeah. You know, we carved the bedrock, um, yet there's no bridge or alley that bears our name like it's a really good um kind of revenge uh story Concept. here um that obviously is going to come to the fore in in some of the future episodes no yeah. doubt uh, and just this idea you know of reclaiming uh what is rightfully ours and mm -hmm. um, so really good to see this motivation um of galavan be revealed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And for those of you who haven't read the comics, the reason why I say it's like the Court of Owls is essentially that the Court of Owls in the comic books were kind of a shadowy organisation working in the back of the city and controlling it. So I'm not sure whether that's the same case as the Galavans. Um, my feeling is just the way he was explaining it to Barbara was that um, it seems like they're still pillars of the Galavans in the city or at least Galavan wants there to be um, and that they may be working in the background uh, to control the city uh, behind the Waynes, behind the other people of the city so uh, that'll be interesting to see in the future but his actual plan itself as well I thought was quite interesting in this episode essentially to um, become the hero of the city so I was saying earlier on about, about Jerome 
doing his plan in front of the TV to scare the civilians of Gotham. And Theo's plan here is to be the hero that takes out Jerome in front of everybody and not tell Jerome that that's what he's going to do. Um, so he can be seen as the hero, seen as a member of Team Good Guy, essentially working with Bruce and Jim and Alfred to take out Jerome is, is very good. Uh, I'm really intrigued as to why he was so insistent that Jim remains alive as well. So we'll probably see that coming up in a, in a future episode. Yeah, I mean, I love the fact that, you know, he says to Barbara that they're releasing um, the crazies from Arkham was only part one, you know, phase one of his plan. And we see here his phase two, which is to put him out uh, out there as the hero, as you say. But also the fact that he seems to have gotten rid of um, the mayor and the deputy mayor. Mm-hmm. The mayor is held hostage probably killed he certainly likes his bloodlust um mayor aubrey you know is held hostage and now then with deputy mayor kane he has now had knife through the chest by jerome Mm -hmm. um and he even extends it where he does say to barbara that he will help her uh, destroy jim gordon body and soul not just like maybe killing him and getting rid of him but that he will also help her to destroy her nemesis which is uh, jim gordon Mm -hmm. now it's to see who this plan is directed at obviously we can speculate um and it would appear you know the waynes are a founding forefather of gotham Mm -hmm. they're a big family there are other big big um old families um even the Arkhams and so on. Um, that's where Martha Wayne, her family roots are old stock Gotham. It, it's very much this, you know, founding father element. Yeah. And here we now have the Galavans, uh, uh, another family who seem to have been erased from the history books and now trying to reassert themselves. Who is it aimed at? I mean, you would think it's the Waynes. Yeah. And then... Were they involved? Were the Galavans there behind the scenes in season one? You know, are they this mysterious guiding hand like the Court of Owls? There's really interesting um, developments, I think, coming up in in this season on that. And I I can't wait for that. This really uh, makes me excited, definitely. Absolutely. And it's very, very possible that Theo is the one that was behind the death of the Waynes in, in season one. It's very possible that he's the one that called yeah. out the hit in the wings. You know, we don't, we still don't know who did that. Still don't know who the murderer was. So uh, that is possible. But, but really interesting, I thought, um, in this episode, the plan of of Theo Galavan and getting more information about the character. Um, John, do you want to give us your final point? Yeah, again, it's still with Theo Galavan, but it's the relationship um, of Theo with his sister, with Tabitha. Um, like it's a really strange relationship. It seems like they're at odds with one another. Um, you, you saw the, both of them at the charity event. Were I mean, she's saying that her brother's great in the sack uh, <laughs> to the deputy mayor. Um, you know, she seems to be out to almost undermine him. Yet at the same time, is his dependable protector. You know, she takes out um, one of the maniacs. Uh, after he's been captured by Jim uh, at the the school bus um, scene. That's right, last week's episode, Jim. It's a really strange relationship. And then we have the moment where, you know, 
Barbara and her kiss, but when her brother comes in, she goes back to Barbara and does a much longer, drawn-out kiss, as mm-hmm. though to say, she's mine. It's like this competitive edge between the two of them. Um, and then at the end, where she's in the doorway, Tabitha looking on, because she is someone of few words, so I don't know whether I've still figured her out yet. You know, will she turn on Theo? And by that, I mean just kill him. Not yeah. even that she'll betray him, say, to the police or the the, the GCPD or to Jim Gordon. Mm. Um, will she be out for Barbara? I mean, as you've said, it, it's difficult to know whether even Theo should trust his own sister, let alone Barbara. Yeah. You know, is Barbara playing with fire? Absolutely. And will yeah. she end up going the same way as Jerome uh, at this stage? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really difficult to know. Yeah. Um, but I find it a really interesting relationship and I really want to see the, the tension and it's really fraught to see how they play out and and whether they are on the same page with regards to this plan of Theo's as well. Yeah. So that that's one of the things that I, I really started to get a sense of in, in this episode, which I really liked. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think I had written down in my notes, uh, Tabitha and Theo's relationship is a bit weird. Um, are they actually related or not? Uh, was one of my uh, one of my points. Just purely, obviously, I'm sure that's a joke that she's saying in front of the mayor. You know, he's great in the sack. I'm sure that's a bit of a joke uh, that she has. But I, then I suddenly kind of thought, maybe this isn't a joke. Maybe they're just pretending that they're related, um, and that that's actually his bodyguard. Essentially, um, is the way that they're playing it. But uh, but yeah, very weird, uh, very weird character and a very interesting character. I like how they've developed her. And yes, I, I agree with you. I think Barbara's playing with fire, trying to play the two of them off each other. Um, yeah, I don't think that's going to work out very well for for one of the three three members of this uh, of this group. Um, I think that's all the points we have for this episode. John, do you have any notes about this episode? Yeah, I've got a few. Um, I love the Batman 66 moment with um, Barbara's escape um, from from the theatre. The magic trick. I was expecting a nice big bang and a puff of smoke out the back. Really, really liked that. And I also loved her Harley Quinn moment where she kind of just shouts, boring, as Theo's giving this speech. Um, and I love the fact that Theo Gallivan, um, despite confronting the crazy psychopath that is Jerome on stage, turns to camera and goes, Theo Gallivan. <laughs> and, and then Jerome goes, so what is Theo Gallivan? So, like, it's almost this reinforcement. I really liked it. I mean, um, and she just goes boring and, you know, knocks him out with a mallet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I loved her Harley Quinn moment. I loved the, the sort of the Batman 66 uh, moment as well. Yeah. Um, and I think the, the final call out that I have is where Jerome, after he's done the, the, the trick on, on, on Bruce Wayne up on stage, he does say, uh, Bruce has a split personality, um, you know, Really good little call out there. Little thing just in the background. Yep. Um, really good. Um, so th- there were some of my notes from, from this episode, definitely. Yep. And the only thing for me that we've left out speaking about is kick-ass Al- Alfred again, John. We we got to see the wonderful yes, Sean Percy just rolling around, beating up guys left, right and centre. Gets a gun in his hands again. A great little moment there as, uh, as Bruce walks in with the gun for Alfred. I thought that was a really nice touch. And Alfred gets the gun out and gets the... Yeah, that's- Join switch, yeah, yeah, really good. I love the fact as well that in that Alfred 
in that moment of action is like, right, Master Bruce, it's time to leave. Is so matter of fact. Mm-hmm. It, it's really good. I mean, it's kind of like when he realizes that Leslie and Jim are an item, and he goes, "Bugger!" No. Yeah, it's just <laughs> like it, it's real great deadpan reaction, um, and I love it. But yeah, kick-ass Alfred, brilliant. Yeah, always brilliant. Definitely. So what do you think about the whole episode, John, overall? How would you rate it? I would give this, I I think like last week's, um, I would give this four great Rodolfos out of five. I think ultimately, yeah, I think, again, I'm slightly concerned that they just are too on the nose with some of the aspects to do with you know, these big characters that we all love as fans, um, such as the Joker. Uh, and doing these traits by surrogate um, is fine, but it has to be a really careful balancing act. And I, there is part of me that just feels it may be slightly tipped over there towards the end. But having said that, it was great to have Jerome killed off in the way he was in the next episode, after such a big death of Commissioner Essence, mm-hmm. um, was really, really good. Um, I love the interactions between all these individual players, um, certainly between Alfred and Bruce, Bruce and Selina, Selina um, and Jim, but also then Jim and Leslie, Harvey coming back and really stepping up to protect Jim. Um, and... You know, kick-ass Alfred, and then I suppose really as well. Finally, it's it's the motivations of the Galavans starting to come out. I mm-hmm. really, really enjoyed that, and um, I'm really intrigued to see what this family did for them to be struck off the history books uh, of Gotham. And I really want to see this relationship between Theo and Tabitha. How that is. Is it a trusting one? It doesn't appear like that. So there, there were loads of great um, story leaps here for me that start to really begin to explain this season, and I can't wait for the next episode. And that's why I'd give it four out of five again. Yeah, yeah. There's still a few weaknesses there for me personally, mm. but I'm loving the story. I'm loving the action. And and this in particular I thought was really good, along with then the big shocking death of, of Jerome. Yeah, yeah, totally agree with you. Couldn't couldn't uh, couldn't say more than that. I really enjoyed the episode. I definitely agree with the decision of getting rid of Jerome. As I said, he's eaten way too much of the scenery for me. Um, if they were if they weren't going to get rid of him, they probably would have had to uh, make him disappear for quite a while. But uh, but a great episode and a great way of of. Setting up the intrigue for who is Theo Gallivan and what's he going to do for the rest of the season. Really excited about that. And again, the setup of who is Tabitha Gallivan and what's she going to do with the rest of the players around her. Uh, Really, really enjoyable. Definitely. Um, So I think it's time to go on to our feedback for this week. If you want to send us in your feedback, make sure you email us at feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com. It's the best way to get in contact with us and make sure that we can read out your feedback on the episodes. You can also send feedback or any comments through Twitter at Gotham TV Podcast is our Twitter handle. You can just tweet at us there, send us a direct message, or you can join our Facebook group again, Gotham TV Podcast, and you can share your thoughts of the episodes after it, after they've aired 
on there, any comments, any news, just post it up and we'll read it out. Fascinating. Fascinating. Points well made, I think. So this week's feedback comes back in from Natalie. Uh, Natalie says, um, for this episode, I loved how Alfred and Bruce's relationship was on display in several ways in this episode. We had the beginning of Bruce's training, in this case to act normal by doing things that other rich folk would do. Uh, we had their mutual, mutual protectiveness and a nice echo, echo of episode 10 with Bruce again feeling the need to go help Alf- Alfred. And it was wonderfully bookended with banter. I couldn't agree more. It's absolutely um, one of the best parts about this show is the relationship of Alfred and Bruce. I think generally it is treated really, really well by the writers and the creators, and it is acted and dealt with to aplomb by um, by Sean Pertwee and David and David Mazous. They are really good, I mean, to the extent where, and I think as I said in the podcast... I feel there's almost a shorthand of, of looks and glances mm. that they give that myself as an audience member now are beginning to recognise. And, you know, I think that's really good, whether it's to do with the fact that they were cooped up in Wayne Manor for most of season one. Maybe. Um, and, you know, really managed to get that off-screen rapport as well. Um, you know, in the sense that they were doing their filming only with the two of them on their own, maybe with a third member of the cast. You know, Maybe that has really helped, but I just think their relationship is one of the best parts about this show, and I love it every time um, that they're on screen. And even on their own, I mean, last week with Alfred and Lucius Fox, Mm -hmm. a great scene. Um, So for me, completely agree, uh, Natalie. Uh, Natalie goes on to say about killing Jerome. Uh, she says, oh, I have mixed feelings about this. Uh, part of me wanted to just lock him back up in Arkham for a while. Cameron Monaghan was great. But I also understand why he exited with such finality. There are pros and cons to doing it here. Uh, pro, it does fit the story, and especially the one Theo Gallivan is constructing for himself. A con, do it now. In episode three of the new season, that ending and the last few images feel much more like a season finale or final episode of the show or a movie ending. Anything in the short term will almost feel like a letdown. I think you're possibly right there. I think there's an argument to say, is the timing too quick to get rid of him in episode three? Maybe this could have been a mid-season finale or Mm. even episode six. And, you know, you think you've got the big mid-season finale, but actually episode seven or eight becomes the, the really big episode. Um. At the same time, it does fit the story. And, um, you know, I'm sure that the Galavan story is going to be over uh, a much longer period. And in a sense, Jerome is but one of the chapters that has now come to an end. Mm -hmm. And I do think that um, because of the association with the Joker, I think as well it's not just about Jerome, it's people feeling that they've lost the Joker. And so... It is one of those things, I think, that is just going to divide people. Um, I think I'm with you, Derek. This was his time to go, no matter how shocking. I mean, I could have still seen him in a a fourth episode, a fifth episode, Mm -hmm. or a sixth episode, or him getting locked away and coming back again, or something like that. Um, But I I suppose with also the death of his father, Cicero, this really is putting that family uh, unit down. to, to rest. To rest, really. Yeah. Um, and 
I think it works here now, and so I, I'm not as um, disturbed by it as, say, Commissioner Essen's uh, death, who I wish we'd seen her play out a bit more. Definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll leave the final word to Natalie. She uh, she finally says um, one of her pros is that Jerome came and went relatively early. Fans and the producers can now cross the almost Joker off the list. Uh, we won't be dissecting episodes for Joker clues from now on. Jerome may have hogged the spotlight, but looking for a Joker in the first place was kind of distracting from the rest of the bat first they are trying to build. Uh, and I'd agree. I think that's, uh, that's a really well put together point. And thank you so much for your feedback, Natalie, again. Um, if you want to send in your feedback, listeners, make sure you send it again to feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, as John mentioned, over at Gotham TV Podcast. You can go to our Facebook group at Gotham TV Podcast. Uh, or you can follow us on Google Plus over at Gotham TV Podcast, Instagram, Instagram Gotham TV Podcast. Where else, John? Flickr. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yes. Uh, um, Tumblr. Absolutely everywhere yeah. Yeah. you can find Gotham TV Podcast. And remember, we will be back again uh, next week with episode four, which we also caught in uh, New York. Uh, long live uh, early broadcasts in the USA. Mm-hmm. Um you can find um, that episode and subscribe to us at www.gothamtvpodcast.com forward slash iTunes or again search any other good podcast catcher for Gotham TV Podcast and subscribe so that our podcast feed will appear miraculously week in and week out as we release our podcasts on Gotham. But again, I think for me, thank you so much for listening. Um, This was a great episode uh, with the death of a big, big character. So thank you so much for listening. Yep, thanks for joining us. I'm off to see a magician. Abracadabra. Bye. Thanks for being a Butch supporter. Butch loves you, baby. Romantic, um, flirty thread that ran through um, this episode. Yeah. And one of them, which also I think links just to Alfred and Bruce's... Um... <laughs> okay, that sounds <laughs> I don't think you meant that, did you? <laughs> no, I didn't mean it like that. Um <laughs> Ha 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 ha!